First City Focus is supported in part by First Vincent Savings Bank, a community lender committed to making loan decisions locally, online at frsb.net. Good Samaritan, a regional health care center offering a variety of services from primary care to same-day joint replacement surgery and more. Good Samaritan, online at gshvin.org. Duke Energy, powering the lives of its customers and communities, online at duke-energy.com. And by Vincent's PBS members, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to First City Focus. I'm your host, Nicole Carey. On this episode, the Knox and Davies County Community Foundations are busy this time of year as grant cycles have opened and many projects are lining up to receive support. In Gibson County, the Veterans Food Bank of America is doubling down in an effort to support vets from near and far who are in need of support. We'll take a look at this huge effort based in a small community. And the annual Red Skelton Festival is now in the history books. We'll find out what made this year extra special, including a large donation. We have these stories and more right now on First City Focus. Many different organizations and efforts in Knox and Davies counties receive support through community efforts. And that includes support from the community foundation set up in each county. Here to explain how they're working to make a difference through the foundation are Laura Hazelman and Savannah Lindenberg. Thanks Thank for being here today. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. Um, the community foundations have been around for a few decades in Knox and Davies County. Um, what was the drive to bring them into existence? I think that people just saw the need to make an impact in their community. And Davies um, started 30 years ago, and then Knox started in 1996. And there were a group of people who just came together. They saw a need and said, let's do something about it and create a lasting legacy. And that's how they began. Okay. Um, I know uh, the foundations are, are really known for the scholarships mm -hmm. that they help coordinate and dispense. Um, how does it feel? to hand out those checks, knowing that you're impacting um, a young person's future education. So I do feel like a lot of people think we do the Lilly, the Lilly yeah. Endowment Community Scholarship, um, which is an amazing opportunity for students, um, one from each county, Knox and Davies. Um, it's, it changes their life. It truly impacts their life. Um, so it's very rewarding to, you know, we surprise them at school with their award and because um, they have no idea. And just their reaction, you know that they're so thankful and just a lot of them are surprised, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it was me. Um, so in Knox County, Ava Like was our um, scholarship, Lilly Scholarship recipient. And then in Davies County, it was Jaden Meredith. So both outstanding students. Um, Ava's going to Butler, and Jaden is going to go to Notre Dame. Wow. Had they not got those scholarships, they maybe would have had to select a different school. So and, it's rewarding. Yeah. Sure. I think both recipients this year, they were so humbled yeah. um, when they received it, and we surprised them, and they were just, it's me. How can it be me? Mm -hmm. And that was one of the sweetest things yeah. was seeing how humbled they were to yeah. receive it. And especially with the Lilly Scholarship, it's a process for those students mm -hmm. who are applying to have a chance at being awarded that scholarship. What, what is that process like? So the process we start out, um, we'll open the scholarship in July, um, and then they have through about mid-August, it's a quick turnaround for our committees. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, Davies County has an impromptu essay that they have to do at school. They have one hour to do it. Um, wow. But it's a quick turnaround. Our committee has to score their applications. They have to score the impromptu essay. And then we have an interview. Right. And in both counties this past year, we did nine interviews. So wow. that was an our, our committee has to give up their time, you know, give right. their time. And it's an all-day process that we do. And then when we leave there, we know who that recipient's going to be. We just have to keep it a secret. That's right. <laughs> so that's a hard secret to keep. Yes. <laughs> Don't want to hang on to that great news very long. <laughs> no. Um, but the reveal is always so, so amazing um, to see when it's announced. Yes. Um, along with the Lily, there are, are a slew of other scholarships that mm -hmm. are available through the foundations. Yes. So we have many community yes. scholarships that mm -hmm. are set up by very generous donors mm -hmm. who maybe have set up a scholarship in honor of a family member, or um, sometimes they specifically say, I want it to go to someone who's majoring in education. Right. So that's specific. But again, it's generous donors who want to be able to give back um, and help those students to be able to go to, um, you know, to go to college and help pay for that. So in Knox County, this past year, we gave out $30,000 in scholarships, wow. and that was to 17 different students. Mm -hmm. And then in Davies County, we gave out $87,000 oh, in scholarships, wow. and that was 29 student recipients. So again, yeah. it makes such a huge impact for those yeah. students trying to, and some of them are having to pay for it by themselves. Mm -hmm. That's so, right. you know, it's just, they're always so grateful and thankful. So, And we always invite our donors back um, to our events to meet our scholarship recipients. And it's really neat um, to see some of them connect with the students who receive mm -hmm. their scholarships and um, just be able to put a face with the name that receives yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah. If there's somebody out there watching that maybe mm -hmm. their family would be interested in starting a scholarship, mm -hmm. all they need to do is contact the foundation and you guys can help them set that yes. up. Yes, we can walk them through the process. We can fit it to their needs. Some scholarships are as simple as just general educational scholarships, whatever you need it for. Some are a little bit more restrictive that maybe they can only go to this school and major in this program. But whatever the donor, whatever their intentions and wishes are, we can um, form that scholarship around those. Okay. Um, and does it fall along the same timeline with the Lilly as far as uh, opening, as taking applications? So in the past, we have opened community scholarships in December. So we think, oh, they'll start working on them over Christmas break. <laughs> but they don't. <laughs> yeah. So they can work on them over Christmas break. And then usually about mid-January. Okay. So usually about six weeks because that's a lot more applications to review. So yeah. we give our committee like six mm -hmm. weeks to review them and so we like to have everything kind of wrapped up about April so we can have a, we like to have a breakfast or a luncheon for the students and, and the donors to come to. So um, just to be able to plan those things. So. I imagine you guys work closely with the high school counselors um, to try to get this in front of as many students as possible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, we try to go to, I try to go to the school um, for the Lily before that so just so they can, I can answer any questions they may have. And that's a smaller group of students who are eligible for the, that scholarship. But then I go back in December before Christmas break and just kind of talk to them about community scholarships and show them how to navigate, navigate the website yeah. and things like that. Great. Um, now, besides the educational scholarships, uh -huh. you also have the community good grants. Yes. Tell us about this program. It's kind of a hidden gem um, <laughs> because I don't think a lot of people realize what all we do in both Knox and Davies County. Um, but the community good, it's set up by donors who, they just say, we want our funds to go to wherever the need is. And so then Laura gets to open the grant process every summer. And it's a very, you can probably go into a little bit more of the yeah. process, but it's, um, it's 
been the most inspiring part of the job to me. So mm -hmm. you want to? Yeah. So for community good, it's open now. Mm -hmm. um, for Knox, it um, the deadline to apply is. July 16th and Davies is July 9th. So um, any nonprofit who has a program, um, you know, just something they're trying to start. Mm -hmm. um, we've had um, applications. They need to repave their parking lot, things mm -hmm. like that. Or um, they're wanting you know, supplies for a food pantry. I mean, just mm -hmm. a variety of things mm -hmm. that we can help grant to. Um, application is Pretty, I mean, I, I don't feel like it's as intense as probably a federal or state right. grant that you're applying right. to. Yeah. Um, and it's on our website. Um, and I'm happy to meet with anybody. I've met with a couple nonprofits already. Just to kind of go over the application process, they're kind of telling me what they have planned, what you know, they're wanting mm -hmm. to. And we just kind of go over that. And um, just, I think sitting down and talking about the application if they've never done it before. Um, but then we have some who are, you know, who do it, you know, apply every year. Yeah. But it's, it's just putting the very... The money that the donors have given to us to give back, and our committee decides what the biggest need is, and so we have a committee that decides, you know, who gets, how we divvy that money up. So, what are who are some uh, current recipients or recent recipients that kind of stand out to you that, when you left that presentation, you were like, this is the good that we're doing in the community. The Isaiah House is a very, um, it's, it's an inspiring story anyway, but to go to the Isaiah House and get to tour it and see what they're doing with these children and the love that they're giving them is just incredible. Um, in Davies County, the Comforting Hearts Playground, yes. it's an all-inclusive playground, and to see these group of volunteers who saw a need for a playground and they just had these ideas and they start putting started putting things into place and They've just been able to raise all this money for this all-inclusive playground, and now it's under construction. Right. And it's just, um, it's. I mean, that kind of gives you goosebumps when yeah. you start thinking about the fact that you're making a difference in children's lives who may never have had the opportunity to play on a playground mm -hmm. before. And just, to, and like I said, just to see the volunteers who give so much of their time and energy to this. Yeah. So those are yeah. two of my... Um, my favorites, or, or my the ones that really just stuck with me. Yeah, and then I think you know the Knox County Library. Mm -hmm. They're starting the community learning kitchen. Yes. So I think yes. that will be very impactful for many people. Mm -hmm. You know, they can learn how to cook meals at home because yes. I don't think a lot of people do that. So right. just things like that. You know, I have this garden with all these vegetables, oh. and I don't know what to do with those vegetables. <laughs> um, so that um, you know the art guild. You know, just mm -hmm. we um, help them with their sculpture, um, the sculpture um, program that they have. Right, so that's something city. else. Um, we do a lot of food pantries, yes. um, backpacks of love. Mm -hmm. um, that's the Vincent's Community Schools. Yes. They pack yes. backpacks yes. for those kiddos um, so that they can, you know, take food home over the weekend. Yeah. So that I feel like, yeah. you know, you mm -hmm. just don't realize if, unless you're working in that, ap that yes. atmosphere um, that there are kids that go home and they don't have, right. you know, they're hungry and Absolutely. they don't have enough food for yeah. the weekend. So, um, I think it. I think it goes to show that there's no effort too small or no, too big that correct. the community foundation can't have a hand in helping. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, if anyone in our audience tuning in uh, mm -hmm. would like to find out how they can donate or help the foundation yeah. in some way, how can they do that? They can just contact us. It's DaviesCountyCF.org or KnoxCountyCF.org. All of our contact information is on there. Mm -hmm. um, we're on Facebook as well. We have email addresses, but they're very, very long. So, um, <laughs> but you can contact us through Facebook or our website. So, okay. yeah. um, 
working for the foundation, mm -hmm. as you guys came into your roles, did you have a good scope of the good that you would be a part of, or has it really kind of taken you aback as you look at your daily, daily work and the difference that it's making? I think it's just given me a completely different perspective on the needs in our counties. And um, there's there's many days that we leave a grant presentation and we just, we talk about it the whole ride home and like the things we learned. And it's just really showed me ways I can make an impact in my county and inspired me to, I hope, be a better community member. I agree with Savannah. When I started, you knew some things that um, needs, but it definitely opened our eyes to, mm -hmm. and the amount of just volunteers who have started these organizations mm -hmm. to help people. Um, a lot of our organizations are volunteer yeah. ran. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not that this is their mm -hmm. job. Um, so the fact that there are that many people who care about yeah. giving back and making sure other people in their community are taken care of is very, it warms your heart. And our donors <laughs> who do all of this behind <clears throat> the scenes, they really don't want the recognition of yeah. being a donor, but they do mm -hmm. it so that we can, that we can go out and make a difference, and um, none of this would be possible without them. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's great work that you guys are helping you. facilitate in our community, and we wish you all the best. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> and you can visit our website to learn more about the Knox and Davies County's Community Foundations. Go to vincentspbs.org. Well, if you've ever traveled through Buckskin, Indiana, you know that if you blink, you might miss the community completely. Even though this community is small, it's home to a mighty effort to support veterans near and far. As News Director Dave Foster and photojournalist Dave Novak show us, the Veterans Food Bank of America is working overtime to support those who have fought for our country. As you head south on State Road 57 into the Gibson County community of Buckskin and look to your right, not far past the caution light, you'll see a sign for the National Veterans Memorial. There are several aspects to the small complex created by James Henniger, a military veteran who has big plans for several ventures. One of those already in operation is a food bank exclusively for those who have served the U.S. in the military. It's called Veterans Food Bank of America and opened in late 2015. Henniger started the facility out of his own experience with a mission to see that no veterans or their families go hungry. I was an Air Force medic from 70 to 73. And a lot of people don't know this, but back when I got drafted, I had to go in the Air Force because I had a family and was still going to college. So I had to finish up the two, second year to get the second year degree and um, delay my interest because of the family and everything too. And um, so that's why I went in the Air Force. But back when I was in, um, because I had a family, I wasn't allowed to live or eat on base. And I could eat on base, but it took more money to eat every day on base when I was working than what the government paid me to live on, the extra for the family. And um, so therefore, some days, a piece of toast and a glass of orange juice might be what I got all day long. And with other things going on, I just, and some others mentioning it that's on our work with us over the years, that's how the food bank come around because there has been times that I had issues too. The food bank serves veterans with proof of service with a VA card or DD-214 form. Henniger says others are eligible too, like reservists and National Guard members who have a limited ability to work and low income. Widows of veterans and disabled children of veterans who have limited income and whose parents or guardians are deceased are also welcome.
Clients sign up and then make appointments to pick up needed items once a month. Henniger says last year, just under 100,000 items were handed out, and so far in 2023, they've given out over 40,000 items. We met one of the food bank's monthly clients, William Hill. He drives up from the Owensboro, Kentucky area once a month for some groceries. He and Henniger say many times vets who are in need of such services are just too proud or embarrassed to ask for the help. But Hill encourages his brothers and sisters of the military to not be afraid to seek the assistance they need. There's a lot of veterans that they're starving, but they're not going to say nothing. I mean, they're just sort of meddled out like I ain't going to say nothing. You know, I'm just... That's the way I used to be, but now I'll beg for anything. <laughs> hey, I need some food. It don't hurt to ask. You'll never get an answer one way or the other until you ask. The food bank is in need of more nutritious foods for the shelves, as many donations are cookies, cakes, and crackers. The food comes from various sources. Most of the canned goods and some, a, lot, a lot of the box items we have to actually purchase with uh, donated funds. We are set up with the uh, same company that supplies all the IGAs and all the standard grocery stores in the region. Uh, they've set us up to be able to purchase it at the same cost as the stores. Uh, but then we've got a few places that uh, uh, that are donating and become sponsors like Dr. Pepper so supplies us with all kinds of different soft drinks uh, and different places like that, handout stuff. So we get a lot of snack items, stuff that's not healthy, but it's rough keeping healthy items in stock. Individuals who want to donate food items at the site on Highway 57 at Buckskin can drop them off, but be sure and call ahead so someone will be here. Another area that is open daily at the food bank location is the Henniger Museum, a vast collection of television, movie, and music memorabilia, as well as several military items and uniforms. Henniger is working to make the current humble display into a retreat for veterans and Gold Star families. There are also numerous other current and future projects in the works, and those are all spelled out on the nonprofit's website. And as you may have guessed, monetary donations are being solicited. We do need, because of the need in the community here in the whole region, not just one small area, we've got to get this larger. So we've got to raise something like $1.5 million to build a new warehouse. And um, when we get that new warehouse built, we're going to bring in other stuff to honor veterans, but also activities to help veterans with such as PTSD, anxiety, as well as other people that might have it too. Like Gold Star families, a lot of them have PTSD from loss of their family member. So we're trying to do a lot, gear this whole operation around help and honor, not just be a standard memorial like people are used to. To give to any or all of the different projects, just contact the Veterans Memorial of America. For First City Focus and photojournalist Dave Novak, I'm Dave Foster. To find out more about supporting the Veterans Food Bank of America, visit our website, vincentspbs.org. As we told you last month, the 18th annual Red Skelton Festival recently celebrated Vincennes' favorite son and comedian. Skelton's widow, Lothian Skelton, always makes her way back to Red's hometown to help host the festivities. And as Hunter Van Houten shows us, this year she brought something extra special with her. The, the wife of the late great Red Skelton stopped by his favorite theater from his childhood recently. 
Lothian Skeleton visited the Pantheon to present them with a $25,000 check to go towards a new mural in the Remodel Theater, something that held a special place in Red's heart. She says Red always wanted to own the Pantheon after he first fell in love with entertaining there as a child. This had real meaning for Red. Pantheon Theater is where he started, where he got his inspiration to go ahead and make people laugh, and it was, it was very important in his life. Lothian says she knows Red is smiling down and proud of how he is being represented. Artist Randy Hedden joined the presentation via Zoom to explain his process of designing the mural. He says he hopes to be able to begin the installation this fall. The mural will depict Red Skelton, fellow actor and comedian Ed Wynn, as well as other famous performers throughout the years. Also featured will be those who personally donated $1,000, which will be key in helping the Pantheon complete the project. Hedden will paint those folks or family members into the audience within the mural depiction. The Pantheon board vice president is local businesswoman Helen Serp. She says she's excited to welcome Hedden back to town. Uh, we have some wall prep and some other things that we have to do before he arrives. Uh, right now, as far as we know, the schedule is for uh, Randy to maybe be here in October. We will be nailing that down more as we see how he progresses. But when he is here, he'll be here about two and a half to three weeks. And you can come watch him paint between the panels and add local people. He's going to do some of the local people drawings while he's here. And then we will have a, a, a big kickoff before he leaves town. Lothian says when she first saw the rendition, memories of the past came flooding back. My, how much time has passed, <laughs> you know? Uh, history. Uh, these, so many of these people just are not here anymore. And uh, because I got to the age that I've reached, I was able to meet a lot of these people when I was a child or my teens or, uh, you know, younger years. And uh, it was very important to me because these were very interesting people. They had distinct personalities and distinct ways of appealing to people. They were different. And uh, they were very, very... Um, professional, and I enjoyed that part of my life. That's where I learned a lot. Lothian plans on returning this fall to celebrate the unveiling of the mural with great pleasure and pride. The Red Skeleton Festival followed the mural donation on Saturday and brought smiles, laughs, and inspiration to the community. The Parade of Clowns marched through downtown Vincennes with Lothian leading the way, followed by Mayor Joe Yoakum, clowns, and more. Then, the festivities moved to the Red Skeleton Performing Arts Center and Museum for Kids Activities. That's where folks had an opportunity to meet a clown named The Normal One. Normal has been clowning for around 15 years now, traveling around the area honing his craft. The clown alleys that I belong to in Illinois disbanded because the thing is almost like a dying art. Uh, so I actually belong to the Michiana Clowns out of Michigan City, Indiana, even though I live in normal Illinois. So I, I get to clown with them every couple times a year. In those 15 years, Normal says he has continued to evolve his skills as a clown, learning from everyone he can. He plans on participating in 12 parades this year in several festivals, but has fond memories of the Red Skeleton Fest and the Parade of 1,000 Clowns. Ten years ago, Normal wasn't <laughs> able to walk five feet, but since then has made it his goal to walk every parade he can show communities what clowning is all about. I just feel this is my way to pay back and as long as I can do it, I, I do it. 
and where someone will ride bikes and what and get in cars, I walk. And when, if you ever see me do a parade, I never go straight down the line. I always go there, over there, over here, back over there. Wherever there's somebody that would want to be clowned around with, I stop the clown around with them. If you're interested in becoming a clown or want to learn more about the art of bringing joy into others' lives, check out theclownschool.com. There you can find online classes and resources that can help you decide if it's an avenue you want to take. As Red Skelton once said, I just want to be known as a clown because to me, that's the height of my profession. It means you can do everything, sing, dance, and above all, make people laugh. For First City Focus, I'm Hunter Van Houten. Up next for the Red Skelt Museum of Comedy is a comedy showcase on July 18th. Reservations are now open for the event, which will feature six hilarious comedians who will be competing for the very first Skelty Award. To learn more about the comedy showcase, just head over to our website, vincentspbs.org. The annual Heaps of Jeeps recently took over Knox County for a weekend. As we told you last month, the two-day event is a fundraiser to help support local first responders. Our very own Adam Reinhardt made his way out to the festival for its Friday night kickoff, which welcomed Jeep enthusiasts and families from far and wide. Take a look. Organizers are still working on final numbers, but say this year's Heaps of Jeeps raised more than $90,000 to help support local first responders. Knox County Sheriff Deputy Alex Worland was recognized as the first responder of the year. The Christie Township Fire Department was awarded a heavy-duty first responder lift jack to help with emergency aid. Heaps of Jeeps has also dispensed water rescue equipment across Knox and Lawrence County, Illinois, as part of its 2023 service project. And that's all for this edition of First City Focus. For everyone here at Vincent's PBS, I'm Nicole Carey. Join us again next week. First City Focus is supported in part by First Vincent's Savings Bank, a community lender committed to making loan decisions locally, 
online at frsb.net. Good Samaritan, a regional health care center offering a variety of services from primary care to same-day joint replacement surgery and more. Good Samaritan, online at gshvin.org. Duke Energy, powering the lives of its customers and communities, online at duke-energy.com. And by Vincent's PBS members, thank you.